Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Download Required, the official podcast of the Canton Repository. I'm Cliff Hickman, coming to you from an undisclosed location, and it is just me today. We've had scheduling conflicts, and we've had illnesses. Everybody else is out of the picture. A lot has gone on in the meantimes and in between times over the long holiday weekend. So, it is just me at least for this week, and we're going to get right into things. I've got a lot planned for you guys. We're going to have a good show. We're going to have a good time, and we're going to start things off with uh, kicking Star Wars while it's down. Yeah, just imagine a toy Millennium Falcon in my metaphorical driveway. I'm now getting in a semi. I'm going to run over that Millennium Falcon. I'm going to throw it in reverse, run it over again. I'm going to get out assess the damage I've done, and get back in the cab and run it over one more time, just for good measure, just to make sure I've got the job done. Alright, if you don't know the story, Solo, a Star Wars story, was projected just a few weeks ago by multiple sources online to make 150 to $170 million over the four-day Memorial Day weekend. That would have set a lot of box office records. It would have been the highest gross for that weekend ever. There would have been balloons, streamers, cake in the office. Everyone would have been happy. But that's not what happened. It actually ended up making only $103 million, and now the questions have started to be asked online. How did this happen? How could this happen? Why did this happen? And I'm really kind of surprised at that. It's really quite simple. And uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, Lucasfilm is making bad movies right now, and people generally don't want to pay to see bad movies. Uh, Lucasfilm, I mean, The Last Jedi, 50% of the audience, I think it's safe to say, hated this thing. I'm one of them. I have no idea what that was. It's one of the worst things I've seen over the last two years in any genre. It made me hate movies as a whole, basically. It was straight garbage, pure trash, flushed twice, don't ever want to see it again, don't even care to see this franchise again. So I do take some glee in seeing Solo, a movie that no one wanted. I mean, even if I was into Star Wars still, this is not something I'd want. I mean, Hansel, it's Harrison Ford. I do not want this generic kid trying to mimic Harrison Ford. I don't want anyone trying to mimic Harrison Ford. You've already, you did what you did to him in that uh, The Force Awakens, just let it rest, don't. You don't need to dig up the grave and and do this puppet show. It's just, it's not that interesting. It's a bad idea to begin with, and it it was a bad movie on top of it. Um, It's got a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes from top critics. Uh, That's the people that I think really know what they're doing. So, again, at best, you can say it's 50-50, but... when you're doing a big summer tentpole movie like this, you have to make the majority of the people happy. You can't survive doing 50-50. You have to be doing 75-25-80-20. You really got to send the people home happy. And right now, Lucasfilm is not doing it, and I don't think they have any interest in doing it. I've never seen a group of executives, writers, creators... 
as openly hostile to their audience as as these Star Wars guys are. They're just they're kind of the worst. I mean, even if you did have any shred of respect left for this franchise, you wouldn't if you saw some of the stuff they were doing. I'm not going to give them any credit, and I'm not going to give into it. I just I just kind of shrug my shoulders. It's it's really weird. I, I don't know that these guys are actually Star Wars fans. In fact, one of the things they've said is they don't want Star Wars fans directing these movies. I just, they, they want new, I don't know. It's like, then why even have a Star Wars movie? Why even have a franchise if you don't want fans in charge of this thing? If you don't want people that know the franchise in charge of this thing, why are you doing it? I mean... It's like you're kind of just saying, yeah, we're in this to make money and make movies for ourselves. We don't care if you, the fans, are happy. We don't care about anything. We're, we're doing this for ourselves, and, and we're doing it for money, and we're, that's, that's what's going to happen. And that attitude has, quite frankly, turned a lot of people off. There's been a lot of longtime Star Wars fans. I've seen the videos online. A lot of people boycotted this thing. They just weren't going to go see it. I pretty much had started my boycott right after I walked out of the theater after The Last Jedi. I think the people in charge at Lucasfilm don't understand this franchise. They don't get it. They don't understand what makes it special. I think they're very good movie people. I think they're very poor Star Wars people. This takes a very special skill set to get right, and they just don't have it. That's the evidence I have so far. And we're going to leave it at that. There's no need to, to keep running that over. Like I said, it's kind of a dead property to me. If you're asking me where would I rank Star Wars right now, it'd be a couple magnitudes below the Transformers movie franchise, which, uh, let's face it, that's not exactly Citizen Kane. But I would say Dark of the Moon, probably better. No, it is better. It's better than any of the new Disney Star Wars movies. And it's not like Dark of the Moon I consider to be some high hurdle. I mean, that was that was kind of a, uh, a just a, a really fun summer movie with some great action set pieces that I consider like, okay, this is kind of like the baseline for what a, a summer event movie should be. Everyone, you know, generally sees a lot of explosions, walks out happy. They don't, you know, they, they give you a couple really big, really fun moments. And uh, that's something Star Wars has not been doing. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. It's just, it's it's in this really weird place. They aren't making good movies. They're doing politics, which when you start getting into politics, you're immediately cleaving out half your audience. Uh, does anyone really, anyone really interested in what these guys have to say politically? Is anyone yearning for an election year cycle early? I'm certainly not. I don't think anyone's saying any of these last election cycles have been the highlights of their life. It attracts a certain type of extremist person on both sides. It's just miserable to, miserable to be around. And that's why politics is kind of, the interest is so low. It's like there's no, there's no middle ground. It's all people at extreme positions yelling at each other. And uh, that's kind of the audience that Star Wars has really cultivated right now. When you start bringing the the identity politics and some of the things that they are proudly bringing into it, 
you bring with it just this worst kind of person on the left side of the spectrum and the right side of the spectrum that just turned the whole thing into a battleground. It's like you just want to talk about a movie and we got to now talk about whether Lando's doing things with uh, robots because he's pansexual and then you got people on both sides uh, of the spectrum uh, fighting over that. It's the greatest thing ever. It's the worst things ever. Lando's going to hell now. You know, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. You, it's just, it's a dumb move, man. You just want to, you want people to be talking about the movie, not whether one of the main characters is having carnal relations with robots. And and they were, and the writer that's one of the weird things was tweeting out. He was kind of proud. This guy, he had made Lando into this kind of guy that was into robots. And I'm like, oh, I mean, are the, I mean, I don't know. I just, it seems like an unnecessary thing. If he is, he is. I don't think most people care, but again, when you do that and you make that announcement and you double down on it, what you do is you attract the, the, the uh, worst kind of, of people from both sides of the spectrum that turn the whole thing into just a garbage show of yelling back and forth. And for normal people, they're going to take a look at that and just say, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want an election cycle early. I don't want an election cycle, period. I like my life. I want to go to the Avengers where we're not talking about this stuff. We're, we're talking about the movie in and of itself. I want to go to the Black Panther where we're talking about how great the movie is. And, you know... It's just, it's one of these weird places where Star Wars is at where I don't think they respect the audience. I don't think they're making good movies. And they're just, it's, that's basically it. They're not respecting the audience and they're not making good movies. There's your answer. That's why it did poor. I'm probably not going back until, no, I'm not going back until they switch the people out at the top. Like I said, Kathleen Kennedy has a long track record, very good movie person. I'm not denying that. She's she's done a great job in the past. But just because you were great once doesn't mean you were great forever. We always talk about it in comic books. Frank Miller, uh, writing in the 80s, 90s, one of the greatest writers of all time. You take a look at his work after the year 2000 and you say, this is the worst writer I've ever seen in my life. It happens. It happens. Sometimes you just lose it. It just happens. And maybe that's what's happened. Or maybe she just doesn't understand Star Wars. And there's no crime in that. If, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. She's a really good movie producer that doesn't understand Star Wars. So uh, I, I think it would be best for everyone to move on. I'm not coming back until they move on. That's just kind of the decision I've made. I need someone that kind of is going to respect the audience. We're not going to do this political thing. I want to talk about the movie. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about identity politics. I don't want to talk about if Lando and Lobot are, are doing things with the ice cream machine in Cloud City. I just want to talk about the movie. And that's something you can't do right now with the current administration because that's that's just not their goal. They've got different things in mind. I think they do want to push the politics. And I think they want to push their own vision. They they don't respect the past. They don't respect the fans. They 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 want to make something for themselves. And that's it's kind of a dangerous thing. It's kind of an off-putting thing and that's uh that's why I'm moving on. And 
I'm probably dropping all the Star Wars comics as well. I've just decided it's it's time to move on. It's just it's not coming back at this point, and I don't want to reward them. I don't want to reward them for the behavior they're displaying. Like I said, I just I don't want to do politics. I I don't want to do any of this stuff. I'm done with it. I'm over it. Finito. Finish. Star Wars, you just got burned. We are now backing the truck over. The Millennium Falcon is in pieces. Rest in pieces. R.I.P. Riding around in the grave on the uh, River Styx. Taking you over to Hades. Done. Alright, now let's uh, move on to some, some more fun topics. How about Brian Michael Bendis starting his DC run today? We have Man of Steel, Issue 1. It is the first in a five-issue weekly miniseries that will lead us into Action Comics and a relaunched Superman series, both written by Bendis. Now, if you're asking why this is such a big deal, Brian Michael Bendis spent the last 18 years at Marvel Comics where he created Ultimate Spider-Man, really helped revitalize the company when it was in some of its darkest times. I was just at a bankruptcy, and they were looking for talented creators. Bendis and the Ultimate Universe uh, really helped revitalize. In fact, it was one of the things that got me back into comics. I'd been out uh, for about a decade, and it was Batman Hush and Ultimate Spider-Man that, uh, that really really got me back into that. I picked up those trades. Absolutely phenomenal. Enjoyed it. Loved it. Uh, hung with it ever since. Uh, Brian also created Jessica Jones. If you like the Netflix uh, a TV show, uh, Jessica Jones was his creation. That was a, a character he made up, and it's one that, that took off. He had long runs on the Avengers. He wrote several different incarnations of the Avengers and, and all that stuff is, is some of the best stuff you'll ever find. He wrote basically every major Marvel character you can think of. He'd done it all. And now he comes over to DC comics where he takes over Superman. And, uh, the interesting thing is, is the role that Northeast Ohio played in that. Brian is originally from the Cleveland area and it was a trip to the museum up there in the Superman exhibit that really got him into thinking about jumping to DC Comics and, and taking on Superman. So there's a little bit of regional pride involved in this. He doesn't live in the area now, but, uh, you know, it's it's something that I think weighs on him quite a bit in the interviews I've read is, being from Northeast Ohio and being from the Cleveland area and taking over Superman and everything that means, I think it means something a little extra to him. And I, I think he's going this this change of scenery is going to be absolutely huge. I'm expecting him to knock it out of the park. We've gotten little glimpses of what he has planned. I really enjoyed his uh, short story with Jim Lee and Action Comics a Thousand, and then DC Nation. Uh, set up some really interesting questions that I hope to have answered. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be great. And Man of Steel, and and he talked about this a little bit in an interview I saw on News of Rama. That carries heavy connotations. 
that was the same thing John Byrne called his Superman series after the post-crisis era, in which, again, they were kind of rebooting the DC characters uh, from the ground up. And so that that carries kind of a heavy connotation with it, that this is going to be a fresh start, a new thing, and quite frankly, I think a really big thing. I, I can't wait to see... Uh, what we are building towards with the Superman series. But you can get a look at uh, Man of Steel on shelves now. And again, you're getting an issue a week every week for the next uh, five weeks through June. And then Action Comics comes back with issue 1001. And then uh, Superman relaunches from one, both written by Bendis. So... There's a lot to look forward to in in the next couple of months. I think it's going to be a just a great time uh, for DC Comics fans. And also, we've got a new issue of Doomsday Clock on the stands today. It's been kind of hit with delays here and there, but it's out now. It's been a great series so far, integrating the uh, Watchmen characters into the DC Universe has been very interesting thus far. It's something that's been a lot of fun to read. I've enjoyed the new Rorschach. I've enjoyed basically everything I've uh, read so far. Interested to see where it goes. I guess talking about Watchmen, we can mention that more has come out about the HBO television show. And uh, the early reaction is, is it's not good. It doesn't seem to be using any characters that we've ever seen before. Uh, Damon Lindelof, who's a J.J. Abrams guy, um, you know, that says all you need to know. He says this will be the, uh, the uh, New Testament to the Watchmen's Old Testament. Except it's like going from a book written by Alan Moore to a book written by Bud Moore as the sequel. I don't know who Bud Moore is, but you get the point. It's a generic knockoff. I'm not really interested in hearing what Damon Lindelof has to say. This guy's the king of the setup. I mean, you saw it with Lost. I'll say that. Lost, Prometheus, the things he's been involved in. Uh, Damon Lindelof is very good at asking questions, sucking you in, and getting you interested. The thing Damon Lindelof is not good at, as you saw with both things, is giving you answers. Satisfying answers, conclusions. It's like, I guess anyone could sit there and come up with an interesting setup if they don't have to pay it off with a conclusion. And that's that's kind of where we're at. It's like, he's great at asking questions, he's never good at... And providing answers, and then he released that manifesto, that like three-page thing on the Watchmen, and that and that's been going on with Lucasfilm too. All these guys have been posting three-page Twitter articles, and it's just like I don't know what the deal is. No one's got the time to read all that, and most of it's hard to make out, and and frankly, kind of kooky. I worry about some of the some of the just the mental state of some of these guys i don't know what is going on out west but man no one's got time to read your three-page manifesto and it's weird it's real weird people don't do that normal people don't do that and that watchman thing i read a, a little bit about uh, i mean some of it is barely comprehensible i have no idea what damon lindlov is talking about in some of that 
I have no idea what he's doing. So if you want your Watchmen fix, my advice to you, uh, stick with the comics, stick with Doomsday Clock. Jeff Johns knows the characters, is using uh, versions of the characters that you know and love. He's using them appropriately. And uh, I think that that is the best place to, to get your Watchmen fix right now. I just I have no hope for this HBO thing. This is another weird thing where it's like it's... I don't want this. I don't want this at all. I mean, I don't so much, you know, Alan Moore doesn't want anyone using the characters. I can see that. I I can see where Jeff Johns is using them responsibly and with love, and you know what? I support that. Uh, The idea that we're not using any of the characters, we're just using the universe, and I'm making things up because I know best. Well, good luck with that. I just, I said at the time, because Damon Lindlob was involved, I was already kind of uh, trepidatious about this. Uh, yeah, it's it's everything I feared it would be and everything I expected it to be, which was nothing of what the fans would want. We always got to subvert expectations. We can't just, you know, do things in a normal manner. We all got to put our twist on it because we know better and then when it fails, they're going to go, what happened? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. You tried to make a sequel to Citizen Kane, and it didn't work. Go figure. Go figure. And really, Watchmen, metaphorically, is the Citizen Kane of comic books. It's the greatest graphic novel ever produced. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. Read that original 12 issues, greatest thing you'll ever read. You might need to read it a couple times. It is a long read. But be sure to check that out. Be sure to check that out. I, I give uh, Doomsday Clock, Man of Steel, Picks of the Week. Go grab those last week of May and, and have yourself a good time. I think those are great books. Uh, you know, there's there's just there's so much good stuff at DC Comics right now. And, and that's a big part of it, those two series, as well as the, the Justice League relaunch coming up. All that stuff is going to be absolutely outstanding, and I, I think it's, it's a great time to be a fan. It's a great time to go into a shop on a Wednesday and pick up the new books. And uh, we're going to move on from there, and we're going to get into something I don't get to get into very often. We're going to get into video games here. We've had a couple of really big uh, reveals over the past week. We had Battlefield Five That was shown uh, a little bit last week. And I'll be honest, it was one of the most boring presentations I've ever seen in my entire life. Even Trevor Noah couldn't save this thing, who I find to be genuinely funny. It was just, there was hardly, there was like a two-minute gameplay trailer at the end. And it was 30 minutes of talking. Now, some stuff did come out of that that was useful. There will be no premium pass with Battlefield Five. All of the maps that come to the game will come to the entire community. So things won't be split up into these tiny little playlists. And that's kind of the problem that I had with uh, Battlefield One. You would uh, buy the premium pass and you would go back in and try to play the maps and then realize that it had been so long since the game had come out and so few people had bought the premium pass that you couldn't play it. 
or you were playing it with people that never stopped playing the game. It's like the only game they own. They're level 250 and are just dripping sweat, you know, the sweatiest of the sweaty. And they're just dropping you left and right before you know what's even happened. So I'm glad the maps are, are coming free. Uh, they say there are no loot boxes whatsoever in Battlefield Five, which is, is really interesting. I guess they, they took the lesson they learned from uh, Battlefront to heart and decided uh, not to do it. So there's that. And then we had a two-minute trailer that uh, that really, I don't know what you can draw from that. I know some people... Uh, some people were not wild about it. I didn't really take anything. The The gameplay in the section was so small. I don't know if it was multiplayer. I don't know if it was single player. I don't know if it was co-op. And I don't... And I think the first half of it was just pre-rendered. I mean, I think Battlefield's going to be fine. Because what Battlefield does is they make Battlefield games... And what I mean by that is they don't go soullessly chasing the next big trend. That's just not what they do. What uh, the Battlefield guys seem to do is make a similar game every time out. Whether you pick up uh, Battlefield 4, Battlefield 1, Battlefield Bad Company, uh, the, the, the setting may change, but everything feels very familiar. Uh, it just... It's nice. It's nice to have that, unlike Call of Duty, where you have no clue from year to year. If you love Call of Duty, you don't know what you're going to get. You This thing, the Black Ops 3, looks like a, a hybrid of Overwatch, and, and you know they have the Battle Royale, and they, they want to be Fortnite and PUBG now. and It's just like they soullessly chase the next big trend instead of just giving you what you want. Which is more Call of Duty. Battlefield, I respect, because they give you more Battlefield. They have always stuck to their guns when everyone else was doing sci-fi. They stayed with the modern shooter with Battlefield 4. And then they went back in time with Battlefield 1, kind of ahead of what Call of Duty figured out. You know, later, before they went back to Call of Duty World War 2, Battlefield 5 is a World War 2 game, which is actually some of the best battlefield well-regarded battlefield games in history have uh, come from that era and I'm hoping we get Wake Island back that's the big thing I mean Wake Island was like a pre-order map and uh, or it was an expansion map maybe I can't remember Battlefield 3 had it in it uh, Battlefield it was an Xbox Live arcade game I can't remember it was either Battlefield 1943 or 1944, Wake Island was the map. One of the best first-person shooter maps ever made. I want it back. I want to play on it. And I think this game's going to be fine. Now, there was some controversy. Uh, I guess there was a female soldier on the, the regular edition of the game. And that has, I guess, the historical inaccuracy of it. I don't know. Maybe they're... I don't know. See, I'm not... I don't want to get into that because I don't know. I'm sure there were, I mean, there were women soldiers, certain countries. Did, I mean, Russia in particular, they had like the Night Witches. Uh, Garth Ennis wrote that in the in the graphic novel Battlefields. They called them the Night Witches, the Germans did. They were uh, 
Russian uh, women pilots who flew at night and dropped bombs on you know German forces. So they, you know, there were there were women soldiers active. I don't know the exact numbers, uh, nor did I really care that much to to look it up just because I don't want to get into that debate. It's not a big deal to me. Didn't so much care. If it's that big of a deal, you can buy the deluxe edition for like $15, $20 more. You get the game four days early and you get a dude on the cover. Uh, so it's it's one of those things. I don't know. It's just I think it's a little much to do about nothing. I'm just not going to be getting my feathers ruffled over, oh, they put a female. So, I mean, they did exist. It did ha I mean... Was it widespread? No, I don't believe so. Uh, everything I've read, no. I mean, it's not like a statistical impossibility, though. And I, I don't know. It's, I mean, the making making a real war into a video game is probably kind of really questionable. Uh, if you really think about it, it's kind of messed up to begin with. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I mean, when you really sit down and think about it, it opens up a bunch of uncomfortable questions to begin with. So it's like, I'm not going to go down that road. I enjoyed the Battlefield series. I'm getting Battlefield 5. Whatever's on the cover doesn't affect me. I'm just going to press, I'm going to press start and I'm going to play and I'm going to have a good time. I love Battlefield multiplayer. And that's coming out in October. Everyone's trying to get ahead of Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, Rockstar has said no more delays on that. It's happening. It's coming in late October. You're getting within a week. How about this? You're getting Black Ops 4 and Battlefield 5 or Battlefield V. They, they said they are using V because of Winston Churchill's V for victory, by the way. That's why they went with the uh, Roman numeral 5 instead of the number 5. So, uh, yeah, you're getting basically Battlefield 4, or Battlefield 5, Black Ops 4 within a week of each other. It's going to be crazy. If one of them's bad, well, the other one's probably going to be good. I, I, I would say it's a pretty safe bet that one of these, maybe both of them, I'm not going to write Black Ops off just yet. Uh, I did pre-order it. I'm going to get in the beta. I mean, it takes, that's what's so weird to me about this. You realize how far you have to push me to the point where I'm not willing to patronize what you're selling. If I like stuff, I'm generally hanging around through good and bad. There's good Call of Duties, there's bad Call of Duties. I'm, I'm getting Black Ops 4. I don't know how this one's going to turn out. I'm going to give it a shot. I, I It could surprise me. Uh... I, I'm ready. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm giving that in Battlefield 5 a go. Also, we had a trailer for a Lego game I'm really excited about. DC Super Villains. That's right. The DC heroes are missing. So this Lego game is all about the villains uh, trying to fill the gap left by the heroes. And I guess taking on uh, some imposter heroes. We saw Lex Luthor... Uh, the Joker, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, all the big DC villains, uh, the Reverse Flash. All the characters you would expect to be there are there, and that's another October game. So it is just, it is just, October is, is just loaded. It's going to be one of the greatest Octobers for gaming in recent memory. Can't wait. 
Can't wait to do it. Uh, there's so much I want to play. So much I want to play. And even going, this fall is going to be crazy. Because even looking at, like, September, you've got uh, Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. And I think that's going to be incredible. We're, like, two weeks away from E3. Uh, that's usually my vacation week. Usually I take the week off. There'll still be a podcast. I take the week off. I sit there. I watch the press conferences. I pile up the TVs. I analyze everything. And I can't wait because there's so much we don't know. That's the weird thing about the video game industry. The thing that's great about the movie industry, there's usually no surprise the sequel's coming, right? Like if something makes a ton of money at the box office, they're like, yeah, it's the next movie in that series, like the next week, they'll be like, the next movie is coming three years from now on this date at this time starring these people. In the video game industry, you'll have something that does huge business. There's obviously going to be a sequel. And they'll be like, well, I don't know. We have to go back, crunch the numbers, see if we're going to do the sequel. Wink, wink, wink. You know, it's like, and then they don't tell you. And then, like, six months before release, you're like, oh, yeah, it exists. Here it is. And it's coming out in six months, which is, it's just super weird to me. It's like, it's such a weird way to run a business where you're not telling people about highly anticipated sequels until like six months before release i guess red dead is the exception we've known that's been coming for a while it's been delayed for a while so that's that may be part of it but i just have always found that interesting about the video game industry where they do the whole wink 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 oh i don't know if there'll ever be another halo game wink 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 i'll be stunned if we don't see something halo related from microsoft this year i really will so, I mean, Gears of War. Is there going to be another? Yes, there's going to be another Gears of War. It's like, why are we doing this dance? Put a date on it, like three years from now. Say you'll talk about it that year. And it's like, because we know movies are coming. It's like, you can you can ask them questions about it. They're not going to talk about it to that year. But you know it's coming. It's like, as coy as some of these guys are, it's just like they're guarding a state secret. It's It's really weird. To that end, there's rumors that uh, Rocksteady showing up at uh, Sony's press conference with something. Uh, the big rumor, I don't know what to believe anymore, has been a Superman game for a long time. And I want it. I want it to be Superman badly. I want it to be set in the Arkham Universe. I would love that so much because I love Superman. So, uh, that... That would be really cool. I will take anything Rocksteady gives me, especially in the DC universe, though. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. It's going to be... Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions. I, I think we know a lot of what a lot of people are going to be showing off. And we had the Walmart leak where the DC supervillains, Rage 2, and some of those other things got uh, put out there early. But I, I still think there's a couple things we don't know about that we're going to find out about. And I'm very excited for it. So be sure to stay tuned. I may do a cliff only or if there's someone else that wants to talk video games, maybe a, there's a couple guys I got in mind. I'll see if I can line them up. And believe me, if I get those guys, this could be this could be really entertaining. So uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. We're gonna we're gonna break all that down at, at some point. It's only uh, it's only it's like uh, two weeks away. It's uh, I think the the show itself starts like the week of June twelfth, 
which the, the press conferences are like Sunday, Monday, and that's where all the announcements get made, and then the rest of it's just kind of, you know, you'll see like the IGN and GameSpot uh, stage shows and all those things, which are always fun. I always check those out. I uh, got a chance over the years to talk with uh, some of the guys at IGN. Always very cool, uh, always very polite, always fun to deal with. So I always uh, make sure to, to, to watch those shows. It's it's a good time. Uh, they do a great job, too. So, yeah, be sure to, to, to check those out. Uh, Brian Altano and Max Scoville, uh, those are a couple of guys I've uh, talked to. Uh, really great guys. Uh, so if you're going to watch anything, I highly recommend IGN. Those guys are they're, they're really good people on top of uh, really knowing what they're talking about. And it's really one of the legacy sites for gaming. So I'll be throwing my two cents in. I'm really excited about it. And, of course, we're going to have all the comic book stuff. Hopefully we're back to uh, full strength uh, next week. Uh, It's going to be the first week of June. A lot of new comic stuff to talk about then, I'm sure. And uh, that's going to do it, though, for today. This has been a cliff-only Download required. Uh, Enjoy it. Savor it. Uh, Just uh, rub your stomach. uh, Take it all in. Take it all in. Because I don't know when it's going to happen again. Uh, There's a certain segment of the population, probably like The Last Jedi, that's like hopefully hopefully that day where we get a cliff only is as far away as possible, to which I say you're probably right. But uh, I will be here regardless next week. Hope everyone has a fine week ahead. Enjoy the sun. It's been like 90 degrees here in northeast Ohio. Uh, Bad thyroid absolutely kills me. I just go outside and melt. I'm huddled down in an undisclosed location in air conditioning. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's bad. It's real bad. I dislike it. I I don't want it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of heavy snow or 90 degree. If we could just get into like the 75 to 80 degree year round, I would love that. I would love that so much. You have no idea. It would be the greatest thing ever. It would be like uh, kittens and rainbows and unicorns all day, 75 to 80 degrees. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. And that's what I'm going to leave you with for this week. I shall see you all on next week's episode.